welcome to That's a Chunky. This is Kevin. Uh, Jared is not here today. He's probably doing stunt work for Jesse Robinson from the TC Tugger sketch. Um, but I'm here with an incredible guest today, the stunt coordinator for I Think You Should Leave, Nito Larioza. He has an unbelievable resume, uh, including stunt work in Avatar, Transformers, Iron Man, <laughs> Inception, Lost, Dark Knight Rises, Man of Steel, many more. Uh, welcome to the show, Nito. What's up? Thanks, man. Thanks for having me. Man, my pleasure. Um, so we're definitely going to get into all the work on I Think You Should Leave. Um, but I have to ask this because I was looking at your um, sort of IMDb work. Um, you have a couple yeah. things that stand out for me. Uh, big movie in my life when I was about 11 years old was Class Act. Um, right. You, wow. <laughs> you were a dancer in Class Act? Yeah. You know what's funny is uh, I'm from Hawaii and uh, I used to be in a boy band. Um, I got signed to Warner Brothers. This is when Benny Medina was um, at uh, Warner Brothers. He was uh, Will Smith's manager when they did, like, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air and all that. Sure. Yeah, and um, so um, I had to choreograph for my group, the dancing and stuff. And uh, my buddy um, wanted me to go to this audition for a movie. And he was like, hey, Nito, you know, you should come check this out. I think you'll be good for it. And I'm like, okay, cool, whatever. And the next, you know, it was for a class act. I saw all the dancers that danced for like Michael Jackson, Janet, Prince, Madonna, all the big, big dancers. And the choreographer liked me. And then that was my first movie in L.A. Wow. Anything. That's how I got my SAG card. And, and there's a lot to unpack there. So I'm, I'm actually a big music nerd. And I looked up uh, TNG, your your group, which I haven't listened to the music, but you guys were on like the reprise sub-label, right? Yes, that was, uh, Reprise was like, reprise. Um, reprise was with like Color Me Bad. This is when like New Jack City was like. I love top. that album. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was that era, that, that, that boy band era, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, and did you, like, did you, sort of cross paths with a lot of the artists on the label like i'm a huge big daddy kane fan uh oh, big daddy the, kane, the bush babies master ace genius right, right. um i know you were label mates with all them i didn't know if you had crossed paths at all i did meet a couple people and what was one of the great things back then was cds was huge you know that yeah so whenever we would go there because we lived right across the street um and uh we'd go over there and grab a ton of cds because it was always free so we met like ice tea we met prince out the barge uh jasmine guy at that time when she mm. came out with her album <laughs> yeah um, a bunch of people a bunch of producers like um dj eddie f who did heavy, heavy d and the boys yeah guy and so we met a lot of people and howie hirsch howie hirsch was the main producer behind bill biv devote that had all the funky beats Oh, man, so good. Just, just unreal producers and artists, and then and I tell you, one of the biggest people that I met that during my boy band days that I still connected with was um, Zach Snyder. Yeah, and Zach Snyder. You know who he is, right? He's the director of uh, Superman, right? That's right, brother. Yeah. So one of the things was we were gonna uh, shoot our second music video called "Make This Dream Real." And we wanted to use our buddy Sanji. He, he did like Lauren Hill, Tony, Tony, Tony. But then the 
the producers like, no, we got a guy. He's an up-and-coming director. He's awesome. He just did R.E.M.'s Losing My Religion. Mm. His name is Zack Snyder. And then we did this whole music video, Black and White, on the rooftop of somewhere in uh, downtown L.A. And Zach was cool, man. And uh, he made me do a bunch of flips. And he goes, what are you good at, Nita? I'm like, tell me what you want. Can you dance? Can you move? I'm like, yeah. And he loved it. And then I reconnected with him on Superman and another show. And he was like, man, I remember that. So it was just a full circle. You know what I'm saying? That's amazing. And it's going full yeah. circle. You also mentioned um madonna and and you obviously worked as a backup dancer for her for a while that that must have been unreal yeah madonna was cool man i think you know um uh, one of the things that people don't see in her is that she has a great sense of humor and uh, yeah she definitely works hard she knows what she wants and uh you know i had a great time working with her she took care of me big time and this is when she was married to guy ritchie when he did mm. snatch and he was like huge and I remember Guy would always be like, hey, man, Nito, let's wrestle. Come on, come on, let's, let's, let's play. I'm like, oh, man, let's go, motherfucker. And then Madonna would be like, no, 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 do not hurt him. I need him. Don't mess around. Just leave him alone. And I'll be like, oh, this guy is cool, man. Look, he wants to fucking play. But um, no, nah, I couldn't. I just had to, like, behave, go to clubs, dance, meet some girls, you know what I mean? Just have fun touring but uh it was awesome man it was it was a great experience that's amazing and you also um just an iconic video you're in backstreet boys everybody video yeah you know uh I, there was a point after my boy band date um i was dancing a lot and i started making money and you know people just liked the way i looked and i could do things and then i got an opportunity to tour with the backstreet boys and man that felt like my boy band days but bigger you know what I'm saying? Just, my gosh, like, everything. Women, the fans, just the the overall production, just the money behind it. But they're all great guys, all cool guys. And, you know, what's funny is um, the manager of Backstreet Boys, Britney Spears, NSYNC, is a friend of mine. His name is Johnny Wright, and he's super cool. He used to be the road manager for New Kids on the Block. Wow. So when I worked with Britney Spears, I walked past by Johnny, black guy, nice guy from Orlando. And I was like, Johnny? He goes, Nito, you from, from Hawaii? I go, what's up, brother? What you doing here? I manage Britney Smith. I go, you kidding me? Wow. Bro. And then we just connected. And he was like chit-chatting with me. And everybody's like, I don't need to know this guy. Because usually <laughs> you don't talk to managers and people don't like that. But, man, it was just like a lot of full circles. You know what I mean? It's a small world. And, uh. I was just blessed to dabble into the singing industry, the dancing, and now film. Yeah, all right. So I have, before we get into Coffin Flop and some of the other things, I have one more that's just for selfish reasons. Um, right. I was a huge, huge fan of Martin as a kid. So you got to choreograph right. on Martin? Yeah, well, check this out. Martin, this is mind-blowing to me. Because Martin has his whole posse, his manager is his brother. And uh, we were um, auditioning for a bunch of girls for this um, scene called Romeo and Juliet, like a black version of Romeo and Juliet. Oh, and boy. we had a bunch of, yes, a bunch of fine dancers. And we only could hire like six or five. And then he came in with his entourage, with his brother, everybody laughing at his jokes. And he came in with his little chihuahua, his little dog. I'm like, look at this guy. And then next thing you know, he like, 
hey man, what's your name? I go, Nita. He goes, I, I like this girl, that girl, this girl, that girl, that girl, that girl. I go, oh, we only can hire five. He goes, I'm the boss. I hire who I want. And he ended up hiring like 10, 10 girls. So they're all happy. We're all working. And this is the funny thing. He sees me hanging out. You know how you have downtime on set? Sure. He sees me playing capoeira, kicking and punching. He calls me. He goes, hey, Nita, you good at that shit, huh? And I go, oh, that's what I also do. I train martial arts. He goes, you know what? I'm going to do a bunch of movies coming up. I would love to work with you. And then next thing you know, we're chatting. He used to date a friend of mine in Hawaii. And, and he found out that I knew her. We were chatting up. And he goes, man, Nito, you cool, bro. We got to <laughs> keep in touch. We got to keep in touch because I'm going to be doing movies. I want you to choreograph it. I would love for you to be in it. And I lost touch with him. That's oh, one full circle that never happened. There's still time How's maybe, right? Been? Maybe, but, you know, it, it's just beautiful to see stuff like that and that connection because, to me, that's everything, you know what I mean? And and, and I never, I, I just was hanging out and just doing my thing, you know what I mean? And you cross paths with people, but, you know, it is what it is. Just like Madonna. I met Madonna before. I toured with her, and uh, I was always like, man, I don't work with her in the future. I ain't sweating it, and then I do, you know what I mean? So it's just a blessing. Yeah. All right, so fans fans of I Think You Should Leave who listen have been very uh, patient as I got through all that stuff. I hope I hope they found it as interesting as I did. But there was obviously one of the standout sketches from season two yeah. is Coffin Flop. I think it's my favorite. Um, there is an amazing Vulture article describing mm-hmm. the process of filming it, which I think is something most people will never think of. Um, I always try to, but I'm limited in what I can figure out. Um, so when we walk through that process, um, you know, it seems like for the most part on the show, everything's scripted. So you got a script, um, you know, it said there's like a seven, eight page monologue of, of what Tim's going to do in his part of the sketch. Mm -hmm. Um, you Mm -hmm. have to work with the directors who for this one are Jeffrey Max and and Zachary Johnson. So when they originally approach you on this sketch, do you remember what you were thinking? Like, I'm sure you're a professional at this, so you're probably thinking, what's going to be a challenge? What can we do? What can we not do? Do you remember your thoughts? Yeah, you know, this happened right before COVID. And uh, we shut down right when COVID starts. So, you know, it, 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 uh, it took a year to get it done. But I remember when they first showed me the script, and this was, to me, was a unique, unique uh, gag, unique stuff, just because you rarely see stuff like this. Usually you see like car explosion, fights, fire, but never coffin flops. And to me, that was the unique thing. And, and I was pumped for this one. But when I read the script, you know, I, I thought like, look, I can't keep doing the same, just dropping, falling. I, we need to do different vignettes of it. You know what I mean? Coming from the side, naked, um, <laughs> coming down the stairs, just different ideas. So it looks cool and different rather than the same, just dropping, dropping, dropping. And uh, I think the hard part was, you know, Zach, <clears throat> they had, the directors had their own vision of what kind of look they want, you know, mm-hmm. a specific um, older look, a redhead, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So things like that, the director wanted, and then they would ask me, what do I think? And then I would definitely say, you know, I think it depends on how big the coffin is, how long they have to be in there. Because at the end of the day, coffins are heavy. You know what I mean? And yes. one of the things, and then people can get claustrophobic. 
So being in the coffin, I had to make sure people were small, they can move in there, and they weren't claustrophobic because a lot of my stunt friends are claustrophobic. So when I was looking for people, I was making sure that they were agile, they were physical, and they weren't claustrophobic, and they could move well. So, you know, it was it was a challenge. And, you know, one of the other things Zach wanted was they wanted older people. So the look of it, they look more authentic and age better. And that was hard part because the last thing I wanted to do is hire like a 70-year-old, 60-year-old man that fall out of the coffin and hits his head and get a concussion and dies on me. You know what I mean? So <laughs> sure. there was a big safety factor when it came to that. But other than that, you know, um, I had some people in mind that I felt were athletic and I would just go for it because it is a dangerous stunt if you really, really look at it. So, But at the end of the day, nobody got hurt. We did like over 30 drops and a lot of the actors, stunt performers did multiple takes, naked, half naked, <laughs> rolling down the hill. And they loved it. You know what I mean? And I told them, I said, guys, you're rarely going to do a gag like this. So you definitely want to be a part of something like this because it's unique. For sure. And, and you have this amazing uh, idea in the article that, you know, with all the things you work on, you, you usually work on these huge budget uh, sort of like, you know, Marvel Universe stuff where you're doing stuff, but you don't have full input. And, and for this one, you had a lot more input um, to do something creative. And like you said, a stunt that's very original. Yeah. I mean, you know, I feel very blessed to work on big movies like Avatar, Suicide Squad, you know I mean? X-Men, all those big movies. And it, it's cool. You know, you get to work with friends. You're at craft service all the time, just eating junk food, <laughs> you know what I mean? Talking story and stuff. But at the end of the day, you know, I'm a, I'm a dancer. I'm a choreographer. That's my first love. You know what I mean? And I'm an artistic person. So being creative and coming up with ideas is what I love to do. So when, when I had the opportunity to start coordinating and choreographing and I was like, man, I can make this dope, man. I can put my own flavor to this. <laughs> so, you know, something like a show like this, which is not high profile, but people respect and love, you know, I love it because at the end of the day, it's 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 like what you said, you put your heart and soul into it and you put your own creative juices. And that's what I love. You know what I mean? The big job always is cool. Money is good, but but I don't need that. You know what I mean? The small things is the important things. Trust me, I'm gonna get my big job one day. I know I am. If I can <laughs> use all those big credits and do this, brother, come on. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Abs absolutely. Um so you you talk a little bit about um, you know, you had a lot of small people uh, and you try to find ones that wouldn't be claustrophobic. Uh, there's also, I just read this and I just thought all the thinking you put into this was really sharp um, about, you knew you because of the way it needed to be filmed, there could only be four pallbearers instead of six. So you hired some bigger yeah. people. Um, do, you, do you ever play a uh, old Nintendo game called Ice Hockey? Do you know what I'm talking about? Yes, of course. And you the got to pick with, uh... small, medium, or big? Yes. I just feel like on so, this sketch, you went all small and all big. <laughs> yes, well, exactly. I think I think the small people were for the coffin uh, performers. And the pallbearers, I wanted them big guys, strong guys that I know that could handle the weight and to carry the stunt performers because they're a big part of it too. 
You know what I mean? To me, the funniest gag is when the pallbearers react to it and, and, and <laughs> are a part of the gag. You know what I mean? Because that's what makes the whole scene funny. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. So, you know, finding finding the pallbearers, you know, I just wanted them strong and people that I know I can trust that won't drop the coffin. And uh, like I said in the interview, I think what was cool is, you know, my brother has been uh, uh, a big fan of what I do and uh, I was happy to hire him so he could see how I work. And uh, he had a great time, you know what I mean? That sounds amazing. Yeah, and I, I know, so the article talks about, I always like to try to figure out how these things work about, and, and I love that you tested this yourself. Um, so, people sort of are on the edge of the coffin. And then when they move to the middle, it tell me if I'm saying this right. So I think the edges are sort of reinforced. And then you got in the middle, you have the balsa wood that breaks when people roll onto it. Yes. Yes. So one of the things that we try to do is depends on what the gag is. We try to put that person in the best situation to come out of it. You know what I mean? Now, if somebody was coming from the side, I would love somebody to roll into it. So we would, brace them on the side and the balsa wood would be on the other side and they'll be hanging on these little uh, hooks so that they could feel their weight mm. so so that as soon as they drop one two three boom and then they roll and then they break the the balsa wood so it was something where we had to choreograph and make sure the um uh, the positioning was was good for them and i mean because at the end of the day like i said you have to be in there for at least a minute or two before we stay action. So you kind of have to hold yourself in that position for a while. You know what I'm saying? Sure. And sure. Once we say action, boom, then you go. So, and then, you know, once in a while it's, it's a hit or miss because like I said, you have to remember, you have to close your eyes while you do this. You can't open your eyes. You can't brace your hands to break the fall. You have to just go naturally like dead weight. So it looks more real. So when you perform it, you can't brace your hands and open your eyes and then close your eyes. You just have to tuck in your chin and just go for it. You know what I mean? So you have to have a good air sense, you know. So sometimes on the grass would be a little bit easier. Sometimes in the the hole, we'll put a pad there. So when they drop, it looks cool. But when they do it on concrete, man, that shit can fuck you up. You, you just got to... Yeah be able to brace yourself and tuck in your chin and just be hopeful that you're okay. But that's why we use a lot of padding in the coffin, like the pillows and the wardrobe so that they can hide the pads and use the pillows and the props in the coffin to break the fall. Does that make sense? Absolutely. Yeah. And and the quote you said kind of a minute ago is something you echoed in the Vulture article about which I, I really appreciated, which is like, you know, because, uh, you know, obviously you had LJ Lavecchia on the sketch. You kind of talked about his strategy for falling. And you kind of mentioned, right. like, when you fall in this sketch, you just kind of kind of tuck your chin in and go with it. Because yes. in, in a sketch where you're simulating a dead body, you can't show the signs of life of embracing your fall, you know? Um, yeah, yeah. So that really hit me that, like, yeah, this I, people just sort of had to take it, and that's kind of the work of a of a stunt performer. Sometimes, is just yeah, yeah, taking I, those bruises. I think, you know, definitely. I think that's why you know when I when I was talking to Zach, I was like, man, I gotta hire young guys, bro, young guys, because they don't give a shit. They'll go for it. <laughs> they don't care. You know what I mean? Because 
people who are gymnasts, who are circ performers, they're used to it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, and that's why people like that, you know, I, I wanted to hire because I knew if they needed to do another take, another take, another take, they would be gung ho for it. Because the older you get, you know, it hurts. That shit hurts. Stunts hurt. Yeah. But you know, these young kids, man, they're they're they feel invincible and they want to do a good job. Which they all did. But at the end of the day, you know, you just want to have uh, people safe. And, you know, you want to make sure everybody goes home with no bruises or getting injured. So did you have a favorite flop from the final cut? Yeah, you know what? One of my favorite ones didn't make the final just because they edited it different was the stair one. You know, I had a, yeah. a idea of how I wanted it done, but I am not the director. You know what I mean? I'm just there for safety and to make sure the gag is safe. But, you know, I really wanted that stair fall to look bitching. And that was I LJ? Feel, yes. Because yeah. I feel he could have done it. You know what I mean? That's why I hired him. When he sent me that video of him tumbling down the stairs on concrete. <laughs> yeah. And he told me when I talked to him, he goes, you want me to do it again? I go, no, stop. I want you to save it for that day and sell it for me. I said, all right, cool. When you hear fools like that, Telling me, want me to do it again? <laughs> I'm going to hire that brother because I know <laughs> he's going to go for it and give me 100%. You know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Yeah, um, but uh, but I wish it, I wish they didn't cut it because I felt that they could have shown more of it. But like I said, man, that was such a, that would have been such a cool um, fall. And I really wanted it choreographed a little bit different. But like I said, I am just the coordinator I'm not the director, and that's when I walk away and keep sure. my peace. That's the one thing you learn in this business, rather be dancing, um, boy band, or stunts film. If if the director has his vision, you just try to execute it. I mean, you have your own vision in mind, but until you get that day to direct and do it your way, you just do what he wants, unless he suggests needs a what you think would look better. That's when I'm like, hey, if you do it like this, you turn it sideways, he turns sideways, and you make the coffin fall with it, and you make the pallbearers drop also, that would be hella funny because everybody's <laughs> in it. And everybody's like, what the hell went? What, what was that? You know what I mean? Rather than just the fall. That's why I like using the whole ensemble, the picture of, of even the background, the actors, their reactions, their performances is key to everything, you know what I mean? Not just yeah. the, the coffin drop, you know what I mean? Sure. That would have been funny, man, if they dropped the coffin, too. That would have been <laughs> hella funny, you know what I'm saying? Maybe, maybe we'll get another another one someday. Um, do, you, exactly. do you remember anything from the sketch that that you found funny or interesting that kind of isn't out in the, uh, that didn't come out in the Vulture article, or? Um, you know what, like I said, I. When I first read the script of this scene, I knew it was going to be funny already. It was it was one of the sketches I was like, "Wow, this is this is an original sketch, man!" And <laughs> I gotta kill it, and I gotta be a part of it because I was coordinating another show for Disney, and I didn't want to lose it because I knew they had to reschedule because of COVID and things. I'm like, "Man, I gotta be a part of this." I gotta be a part of this. this. Is this is something unique? You know how you you know something's unique and you want to be a part of. For sure. This this is it. Just like how I thought <laughs> about Avatar 
when I did the first Transformers. You know what I mean? When I did um, West Side Story, the one with Steven Spielberg coming out, to me, those are like classics that you want to be a part of and that you are like, man, I was a part of that. That was like cinematic history on every scale. And even though they do a bunch of remakes, at least I did the first one. You know what I'm saying? That's true. Not, yeah, I mean, your your resume is un- unbelievable. <laughs> um, Thanks, yeah, no, I'm I'm uh I was just reading it and it's like typically I mean, I had to pare it down to talk about I I would have ran out of breath um talking about everything you've been in. I mean, just iconic stuff, Bad Boys for Life, mm-hmm. um Men in Black 3 and and so on and so on. Um so the the interesting thing that I don't think was uh fleshed out as much in the Vulture article, which I love by the way, is that you you've been the stunt coordinator or one of the two stunt coordinators for all 12 episodes of the series is that correct i did only two three episodes but my buddy um covered me and he was a part of it also my buddy okay. Lou. so we we did it together and it was somebody that i knew i i could trust and make sure he executes it so i think i think what's not clear to a fan of the show is like what other sketches had stunt work in them um so i I mean i have some guesses but i'm curious Mm -hmm. if you could talk about anything else you remember from other sketches from the show well for season two i remember we were doing uh um uh, spectrum um uh, yeah yeah the ghost tour yeah that one was cool and uh they they took some of it out of that uh it's one of those things they try to work around the budget like what we need what we can do and uh, then that's when they decide if they want to do a gag or not. But the one other big one, they really wanted to make it like a, um, like an action trailer was uh, Crashmore. Yeah. And uh, we did a bunch of gags, but they ended up cutting a lot of it. So, you know, it was, it was a funny, funny um, skit with a bunch of cool ideas. Uh, like I said, you know, when it comes to the editing and what they put together, I have no say. I just try to do my job. But, you know, it was funny because they wanted to make it very 80s and somebody that's not very good at his job and overweight and, you know, kind of funny, not so perfect. So yeah. I got some great guys that are talented, some people to, to work with. And, uh, you know, it was awesome. Just a bunch of 80s style you know like rambo and like um die hard those kind of movies that they were trying to mimic but uh but it was fun though you know what i mean just doing uh um gunshots and doing a bunch of uh squibs the squibs are always fun and uh you know just just action you know i mean action is always fun you just want to try and uh like i said make sure nobody gets hurt you know what i mean so but that was another sketch and then I forget what the the title of this one was called, but it was called Surf Up. Remember the one? Um, yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know yeah. that one would have been the original version of it was so funny. We were gonna do a hand pull and um, and it was gonna be just a one shot, and somebody was gonna get ratchet off the table and do a gnarly fall into the wall. And uh, when I showed it to the producers and uh, and um, everybody, they loved it. But but at the end of the day, the budget and the location, they they couldn't do it, and uh, we just worked around it and see what they could make up and execute it. So that got toned down a little bit. That's how usually um, 
things get um, watered down, I, was, I would say. You know, they see what it takes to execute this scene when it comes to actors, stunts, props, whatever. And then they see what the budget is, location, if they can pull it off. And if they can't, that's when they start pulling numbers and watering it down and saying, we can't do this, we can't do that. You know, we don't have the money. This we can do. This we cannot. You know what I mean? So it it, it was um it was a tough one because that one was yeah. really funny, and I have the footage of it too. So, but um, you know, but I think the most biggest gag, and I know that they wanted to really really kick ass, was the coffin one because that one was like the one when I read yeah. it. I was like, this one is freaking hilarious. This one is like original. And that one was like, I got to kill this one. You know what I'm saying? I'm thinking of the iconic um, shot, too, where Crash Moore sort of jumps on the guy and shoots him. Yes. Um, yeah, I know it's probably not maybe everything you envisioned initially, but I, I think it it's amazing. We're, uh, the podcast here, we're huge fans of the Crash Moore sketch. Oh, um, awesome, awesome. I think that and Coffin Flop are my one and two um and yeah, it's we we were lucky to have uh, Biff Whiff, who plays Crashmore on the show, um, oh, yeah, yeah. a couple I, weeks back. You gotta see, his, you gotta see his double that I had looked exactly like him. <laughs> and when I when I showed it to the producer and the director, which was Zach, and they loved it. They're like, man, <laughs> he looks exactly like him. How did you find him? I'm like, that's my job, brother. So, oh, I wanna, like, I wanna see that. Yeah, I'll, I'll send it to you. And, um, you know, like I said, you know, one of the things I feel very blessed to have, I, I just coordinated um, a comedy and um, I got to work with like Will Farrell and stuff like that. So I love physical comedy. To me, that is like icing on the cake. Because when I see movies like John Wick and Marvel movies, don't get me wrong, I love them. And I feel very blessed to be a part of, but that's like a given. You know that's going to happen. That's like something you know it's going to happen in a movie. But when it comes to sketch comedy or comedies like Will Ferrell and all these comedies that, that happen, when you do unique and funny stuff, that's like unusual. And you're like, oh, my gosh, that's amazing. I never thought about it like that. And that's where you get the bigger laugh and the bigger um, uh, happiness of it because sure. it's different. I like different things. And sometimes bigger gags doesn't make it better. It's the simple stuff that people will be like, wow, that was freaking funny, bro. That was dope. And and how simple that is. And yeah. that's where I think um, cinema today, not everything, but that's why I hate CG. I, I hate how it's going, you know what I mean? Because it's not sure. real anymore. It, it, it loses that edge to it. And, and kids are not stupid. They know, oh, man, that's fake. That's like video games. That's like, right. that's cartoons. People are not dumb now. You know what I mean? They know what's up. So when you see something real like that, you're like, oh my gosh, that's freaking hilarious. That's, I never expected that. That was, and it's simple. You know what I'm saying? And, and that's what I love. And you probably watching things like Rumble in the Bronx where you're like, I can't believe what's happening on the screen right now. Um, oh, with, yeah. the level, with the level of stunt. Um, <laughs> so... Uh, speaking, I mean, like, this is just a question I have in terms of budgets and things. Do you know if you're working on season three? Uh, I, I'm I'm sure they're going to, we just had a rap party 
a couple of weeks ago. You believe that? Yeah. <laughs> that just tells you how COVID messed it yeah. all up and how much success the second season got. And it was great to see everybody. I just got a newborn baby, so I, I didn't really stay long. But thanks, brother. But I did see some of my bosses and my first AD, and they're very, uh, they're very uh, grateful that we did a great job. So, yeah, I'm sure we're gonna, I'm gonna do season three. It just, hopefully, I'm available. You know what I'm saying? It, sure. That's the hard part. You know what I mean? Because, like I said, COVID messed up season two, and it messed up the budget too. You gotta remember that. Not yeah. a lot of people don't realize that. You know, when when COVID hit, a lot of the budget now you have to give to COVID. And yeah. when COVID um, comes into play for every every production, they take a bit of money out of everybody. So it takes it a bite out of stunts, and that kind of sucks too. But I feel very blessed. Like I said, I got great performers. They still wanted to do it. And I'm sure season three, they see the success of season two. I'm sure yeah. my producers will be like, man, we got to put more action in there. We got to do some stupid shit, man. You we might have some budget in- too. Exactly, brother. Yeah. Now you talking. That's what now I'm saying. We need yes, because I mean, I mean, we're really talking too that two of the sketches you consulted on the most are immensely popular with Coffin Flop and yeah. Crashmore. So, um, yeah, I'm hopeful. It's from what I've heard is that they've started doing some season three casting. Um, I wouldn't and, be surprised. Yeah, and the and the show is super popular. Um, season two yeah. has been really successful, so I think. I think we're going to be, maybe you and I will be talking again in about a year about this. Um, oh, yeah, it'll be awesome, bro. But, I, you know, I'm I letting you know one thing that I think a lot of people don't know. And only I knew because of we had to schedule everything. Like I said, season two was supposed to happen before COVID. And they already had the dates, everything. So when they shut it, they shut it. You know, we had people like Wolf Farrell on the show. We had, uh, what's mm. that homeboy's name that did Blade Runner? What's his name? He did La La Land. Good looking, uh, good looking guy. Is it, is it Ryan Gosling? Yes, he was going to be in it too. Oh, so there wow. was a bunch of big names on it because they saw the success of it. But because of COVID, it changed the schedule of everything. So a lot of his guests that he wanted on season two didn't pan out. You know? wow. And then he had to get certain other people. So, you know, timing is everything. It, it, it's weird. But trust me, I wouldn't be surprised that he gets some of his boys and some of his names in there because of the success of season two, because he had some names in there. And I was like, man, it'll be great to connect with Will Farrell again. It'll be yeah. great to see him. You know what I mean? And just those people that he knows, because he knows a lot of people from Saturday Night Live and other connections. But, you know, we, we see how the timing goes, because like I said, he does have the pull as far as bringing in special guests, and hopefully that will continue on and make the show 10 times better. Oh, that's that's amazing. That's breaking news. You know I'm saying? saying it right now. And, and I just yeah. want to get out, just for the people who've been patient this far, and you don't even need to talk a lot about this. Um, I just want to round out how crazy your resume is. We've got into you as a dancer, you as a, a, a singer, stunt work, stunt coordinator. Um, one of the first things when, when you Google your name, obviously, and I know you know this, is that you were Halle Berry's uh, stunt person on Catwoman, which mm-hmm. is wild. Of course. Um, right. You were right. you also were on the Jay Leno show as one of the dancing Edos. Oh, that was classic, brother. <laughs> I, I remember watching that as a kid. 
Thanks, brother. Thanks, uh, man. And I I have this other world where I, I actually I just do this for love. There's like trust me, there's no money in this is um I try to do oral histories of hip hop videos. I'm a huge fan mm-hmm. of hip hop videos. You were in uh Eminem's Venom. Oh yeah. Um, I believe you were the like husband in the house who jumps out the window. Yes. What do you What do you remember from the filming of that? Oh I, man, I tell you what, this one was my buddy called me. He goes, man, I need a guy who has good personality who can rap or have a good vibe and does a good performance. So my buddy called me. He is a stunt coordinator for uh, Walking Dead. Yes. And uh, he goes, hey, Nito. I have an audition for you. I go, okay, what is it? He goes, for a music video for Eminem, but you got to rap. I'm like, bro, you fucking kidding me or what? I don't <laughs> rap, dude. I sing. So I had to lip sync Eminem's song. And then I remember I had to do a, a real quick uh, audition tape. And I made my hair all freaking crazy. And I just freaking spit. And then next time he goes, <laughs> man, the director loved you. I'm like, what? Are you kidding me? He goes, yep, he loved it, bro. You working? And then um, I got on set. The director was cool. They loved how I performed. I didn't get to see Eminem because he came on another day, but it was just great to be a part of a, a cool song on a great soundtrack. And that's where the magic usually happens is when you don't give a shit. When yeah. you're like, you know what? I have nothing to lose. I don't care. And then next thing you know, they're like, yeah, you got hired. I'm like, what? Are you kidding me? Yep. You know what I'm saying? So, and I still got that video. I submitted. I'm like, man. And my wife was like, you look crazy. You know that, right? <laughs> but your energy is awesome. I'm like, oh, thanks, babe. I, I love appreciate it. it, honey. Yeah. So it it was great. Um, I love working with like artists like that. You know what I mean? Because I love hip hop music. I love break dancing, all that stuff. Because I'm an 80s baby. And I love that shit. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Well, You've answered so many things I had questions about. Um, I, I really appreciate your time. I don't know if you have yeah, anything always. you want to say before we go. Um, if you want to plug anything. I do, do want to say something. The fact sure. that you mentioned dancing itos. Yes. Oh, okay. You heard that? Uh, okay. I think it, so, it broke for a second. You said the fact yeah. that I said dancing itos, and then I kind of dropped you for a second. Yeah, the fact that you mentioned dancing, you know, I'm not going to lie to you, man. That was my one of my favorite jobs in my whole career. Just because the people, the whole cast of Jay Leno, the skits that we were doing, all that stuff was so much fun. And that's why I love comedy. Because it's like you're just having fun, doing your thing, and you're just doing stupid stuff, and people love it. And that's where the magic happens. And uh I had a great time on that show, man. And uh, Jay Leno, everybody was so cool, but I had a great time doing the dancing etos. That was like one of my favorite <laughs> jobs. Yeah, it, it really was. And I just got I just got fired from Power Rangers. I was doing the Power Ranger tour. And no I got kidding. In trouble. Yep, I got busted because I was giving away free passes to my friends because they couldn't get in for free. So I gave them a bunch of free passes. They found out. I got fired, and I was like, all right, cool, bye. And then next <laughs> thing you know, I got hired for Dancing Eagles, and I made a ton of money, and I got into SAG, and I got health insurance, all this <laughs> stuff. I'm like, yes, this is awesome. I love it. And I get to meet all the celebrities, like Will Smith, all the all the celebrities that come on uh, his show. 
Yeah, it was awesome, man. That was a great show, man, to work on. Uh, uh, I'm not going to lie to you. So it's funny amazing. that you mentioned that. That was great memories. Yeah, I watched it a few minutes ago. I was like, oh, my God, I remember that. Uh, and, and the Marsha yeah. Clark dancer was kind of getting down. So, Oh, yeah, um, they all were getting down, dude. It was <laughs> awesome, man. I, I tell you, that was a fun, fun job. And uh, but um, But other than that, you know, I, like I said, I feel very blessed to be still a part of this game, you know what I mean, this industry. And that's the hard part, to keep being on top of the industry because sometimes you can get um, sidetracked or your time is up, you know what I mean? It's time to For move sure. on. But, but I feel blessed to be growing. And now, you know, I got a, a development deal on a show that I pitched to these Emmy Award-winning producers. And um, I'm excited to uh, hopefully – um, do my show, um, and it's all breakdancing. Oh, I love it. Well, yeah. um, when that happens, definitely come back or keep us in the loop and we can let, let the people know. Okay, cool, man. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. And I'm glad that you guys love the sketch and uh, hopefully we can do some cool shit on season three, brother. I can't wait. Don't be a stranger, Nito. You're welcome back anytime. All right. Thanks, man. You guys take thanks. care. Have a great day. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. That's a Chunky has always been supported by the Etsy shop of Swayzine, S-W-A-Y-Z-I-N-E. Uh, in the past, you've seen his amazing motivational posters, his um, at the Nighthawks diner featuring characters from I Think You Should Leave. Uh, you also know his vintage jazz posters of Paul Bufano, Marcus the Worm Hicks, and Mookie Kramer. Um, Swayzine has a ton of new items in his shop we wanted to let you guys know about. Um, those three jazz posters have been turned into uh, attractive t-shirts. The Marcus Hicks in blue, the Mookie Kramer in green, Paul Bufano in white. He has a uh, very affordable... Uh, Bozo the Clown Clown Pewter sticker that you can put on your computer. Um, there is a Baby of the Year bib and onesie. Uh, he has Angels and Archways t-shirts, um, as well as uh, two new posters, one featuring Dangerous Nights, um, which is being framed and put on my wall, and an amazing portrait of uh, Brian from the uh, hat sketch, the insider trading sketch. Um, but the whole point of me re-recording this ad was to tell you about maybe the most innovative, I think you should leave product I've seen in my time doing this podcast, which is actual Dan Flash's shirts. So this isn't like a t-shirt that says Dan Flash on the front. This is a short or a short sleeve polo or a long sleeve uh, collared shirt that has the pattern Tim Robinson is wearing in the Dan Flash's sketch, uh, affordably priced at 
$30. I know when I went um, to the Dan Flash's stores at the Creeks, I spent $800 out, out the door and um, didn't eat for a long time, uh, saving my per diem. Um, but if you go to etsy.com slash shop slash Swayzine, again, Swayzine is S-W-A-Y-Z-I-N-E. Um, you can own these shirts yourself. Um, and we want to thank uh, Reggie from Swayzine for his support of That's a Chunky. Activated lights I don't want satellite radio I don't want extra cup holders All I want is a good steering wheel That doesn't fly up when I'm driving You have no good car ideas You have to marry your mother-in-law You have no good car ideas You have to marry your mother-in-law